December 1st, 2020 is Giving Tuesday, a global generosity movement that unleashes the power of people and organizations to transform their communities and the world. At a time when we are all experiencing the pandemic, generosity is what brings people of all races, faiths, and political views together across the globe. Generosity gives everybody the power to make a positive change in the lives of others and is a fundamental value anyone can act on. Radio Free Brooklyn Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit community organization whose mission is to empower Brooklyn's underserved local community by providing active learning in media practices and to amplify their voices through a global internet radio platform and public art. We also support initiatives to support musicians and artists through these difficult times and provide media literacy programs to those who need it most. And we desperately need your help during these difficult times. Your monthly pledge or one-time donation allows us to continue to bring you community, media, and art. Please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate and give whatever you can. Thank you. I hope everyone listening had as enjoyable and peaceful a holiday as we did. Today, I'm talking to Gamal. From Brooklyn, New York, this is Stranger Than Christian. everyone. Welcome to another episode of Stranger Than Christian. My name is Christian Carrion. It is about one o'clock in the morning. I just felt like working late today. I, I really miss writing and editing and creating late at night. All throughout my college career, I felt I did my best work in the hours between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. For some reason, I just thrive creatively in those hours. So I just feel like being up late. And thank you for tuning in. You know, I've been thinking about my time in college, and one of my favorite memories of college, it lasted for years, was my time at WSIN, which is 1590 AM in New Haven, Connecticut, the campus radio station of Southern Connecticut State University. I was the production director there, I was the general manager for a while, and I did a terrible job because I scheduled my classes like an idiot, and I had no time to be in my office, and I was a very ineffective manager. But I am proud to look back and say that I have grown professionally from there. Um, but it was just so much fun. And the ability to have a radio studio at my disposal, to have a microphone and be able to go on the air or record whenever I wanted to was just an unbelievable experience, so creatively liberating. Um, and I've been thinking about a friend of mine. His name was Mike Belmore, God rest his soul, one of the funniest guys I'd ever met and one of the most intelligent guys I met during my time studying journalism at Southern. Um, he passed away a few years ago, but during our time at the radio station, we got to put together a news broadcast. And so we did one episode. It was me. <laughs> I don't find out why it was one episode. Uh, it was me, Mike Belmore, my buddy James Steele, 
and uh, I think his name was Ryan, who who did uh, some some sports news as well. Um, I'm going to play you a clip of our first and only broadcast. Now, I'll give you some background information. This was the day that Dick Clark had passed away. So Dick Clark, famous broadcaster, American Bandstand, uh, the New Year's Rockin' Eve broadcast, uh, $100,000 Pyramid. He was a, a really famous guy in TV and radio. Um, he had passed away. And so we had written it into the news. Well, Michael had written it into the news. And... <sighs> He just delivered it in a really funny way, and anything you hear in the background that's not intelligible words is me running out of the room, unable to maintain my composure. So here, enjoy this clip of the only episode of the WSIN Weekly News at 5. Dick Clark is dead. (laughs) ABC News reports that the American icon died today. From a massive heart attack. He will be remembered <laughs> He will be remembered for his yearly appearances on ABC's New Year's Eve broadcasts, as well as a major symbol of American pop culture. Please excuse our jocularity. This is a serious subject. That son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, my God. I think about Michael once in a while because I think that this show is something that he would have enjoyed. He was very into uh, public radio and conversation and knowledge, and uh, he was just a really intelligent, really funny guy taken from us far too soon. Um, Love you, Mike. think about you all the time, man. Uh, Today I'm talking to Gamal. Gamal is from Brooklyn, New York, uh, and he is a fellow member of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. He is part of a show called Pod Queens, wherein they delve into the steamy waters of pop culture, and they have some very exciting, enlightening discussion about all kinds of things. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to Gamal. He was uh, very animated, and his energy was contagious, and I found myself smiling the entire time. So I hope you smile, too. Uh, I will quickly let you know we're on Facebook at Stranger Than Christian, Twitter at Stranger Than C, Instagram coming soon. My brother told me I should start an Instagram, so I think I'm going to do that. Uh, And again, if you enjoy the show on any level, I would greatly appreciate your support on Patreon. I promise you can make it my Christmas gift. Uh, So I'm going to bring you that conversation with Kamal from Brooklyn, New York in just a minute. But first, here is a word of interest about another phenomenal program on the Apocalypse Podcast Network. You're listening to Stranger Than Christian with me, Christian Carrion. I love staying up. I love being up late at night. This is the best thing in the world. Stay right there. Hey, kids, it's the Honey Leave It Show. We just want to say thank you. We just passed the 3,000 download mark, which is a big deal for a new podcast. And so we're just really, really grateful. If you've never heard of the Honey Leave It Show, it's a comedy podcast about sex. So if you like laughing and you like sex, you should come and listen to the show. If you don't like to laugh and you don't like to have sex, please don't bother. You won't enjoy it at all. Uh, The Honey Leave It Show has new episodes every Friday on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple, of course. Looking forward to seeing y'all there. Bye. Hey, Gamal. Hey, what's up? How are you? 
I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Turn your video off. I don't need it. Okay, cool. How do I? You're good. Fantastic. Gorgeous. That that's always the best news. I I, tell, I say that whenever anyone gets in here and like has their video on, I tell them to turn it off. They're like so relieved that they don't have to like pretend they don't have to like look interested they can just sound interested it's much easier to sound interested than look interested thank god honestly so i was talking with my wife about something before i got in here with you what's up do you remember team cheerios team cheerios team okay so for the 1996 olympics in atlanta there was a special variety of cheerios called team cheerios and it was like the regular ones the frosted ones and then like a brown one and they were all together because they were supposed to look like the medals like the gold silver and bronze Mm. and we spent like half an hour trying to figure out if the brown ones were like cinnamon or chocolate or like what they were wow you said this was in 1996 1996 but but they sold it for a little while after that and like we try googling it but for some reason like all the pictures on google of the box of team cheerios are like blurred out almost like they don't want you to know what flavor they were like you're trying to protect that memory interesting yeah i don't mean to i don't mean to rub it in or anything i was uh i was two years old then when i came out so i don't i don't remember it i'm sorry oh you don't remember oh my god i'm so Cause I'm old. Because you're old. God, (laughs) that happens to me all the time. Like I don't realize how old I am. Like at work, I'm 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 31. Yeah. And when I work at night, I work at like a little supermarket around the corner here. And when I work at night, I'm like the oldest person in the building. Oh wow. And and I I bring up stuff like I mentioned pogs one day, and this kid is like, "What's a pog?" And I just, oh my lord. You know, I, I have to admit, I also, I, I recently found out exactly what pogs were. And for the longest time, I thought whenever someone said pogs that they were referencing something else, actually. But I had an idea in my head of what pogs were, but they weren't that. They were um, actually cardboard. I found were you them. disappointed? I kind of actually. I was like, the thing in my head, do you remember those things where you used to, they were like rubber and you would turn them inside out and they would like flip up on a table? Oh, yeah. They like they yeah, look like little UFOs and it would like, and they pop up. Yes, so I thought those yeah. were Pogs. Oh, I, like, I wish oh, those were Pogs. Those are so cool. Pogs are awesome. And then I found out what Pogs were, and I said, well, I think I like mine better, actually. I do, too. Quick 90s kid hot take. Pogs mm-hmm. are boring. Ooh. They shit. are boring. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm starting a bunch of shit with the, with, with the pro Pog crowd. Yeah, watch out. I know, right? <laughs> How are you? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm, you know, it's nice to be coming at you after the election, having what I consider a positive result, uh, which is nice. Same here. Um, Oh, my God. I had you scheduled for, you know, for Monday. And I realized, holy shit, this will be the first one that I do after the election. I was like, anything, whatever happens this week is going to dictate the tone of our conversation. Like, (laughs) it can either be really fun the way it's going right now, or it's just going to be like this this droning like uh and and thank god it's not you know i was telling my friend um that the day which was saturday when i heard the news i i felt like tension leave my body that i didn't even know was there and i didn't even know how long i was holding it in for i don't know if it was like the whole week since election day or if it was the whole like four-year presidency it was it was four years for me anytime i thought about what was going on in the world not in the world but in our in our section of the world it Mm -hmm. would like really stress me out and i you know i'm now realizing that i can sort of unclench my jaw a little bit and just like you know i mean 
he's going to end up being the problem too. Like whoever's in charge is always the problem. And in mm-hmm. any year it'll be all oh, fucking Biden, but like, <laughs> it's not fucking Trump. Holy shit. That was such a shit show. Can I curse on this show? Is that okay? Because you can say whatever the fuck oh, you want. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and yeah, you curse on your show. Oh yes, yes. Well, actually, on on my podcast, Pod Queens, we recorded our the episode that comes out um this week. We recorded it just uh, uh, about a half hour after the results were called for the election. Um, wow. Which, I mean, obviously, we didn't know that it was going to be called, but we knew that it was going to be happening eventually. And so we went straight from finding out the news to recording an episode, which is good because that episode would have been so depressing if it had gone the other way. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, totally. And we cursed well, on the show about- all the time. Tell me about your podcast. I want to hear everything about it. Well, and you're yeah. going to do this. So you're going to do this now and you're going to do it at the end. Fantastic. Just promote whatever you want. Oh, great. I have two things to promote. One really quick, one a little longer. Hey, everyone. Sure. Uh, the first one is my podcast, Pod Queens, which is on the Apocalypse Podcast Network, just like this show, although I've never met Christian, so this was fun. I am a stranger. Um, <laughs> and we are a... I would say like queer forward uh, POC pop culture podcast. We shoot the shit. We're a shoot the shit pod. Uh, and we're not to toot my own horn. Very entertaining. It's myself, my co-host Sajda Waite and Jelani Carrington. Um, and we pick a topic every week and we, we do it to death. And we have some fun guests who come on. Uh, our most recent episode, we had um, a theater critic by the name of Jose Solis come on to talk about tarot cards, not theater. It was a very relaxing episode that we had uh, that came out on election day. Uh, so check it out if you can. Uh, and uh, my other project that I'm working on is I made a web series uh, during lockdown quarantine times. Um, over the summer, uh, my roommates, Sajda, who's also on the podcast with me, and Conrado, we created this show called Wormholes, uh, which is a sci-fi comedy show uh, about two roommates who live in a New York city apartment that just so happens to have an active interdimensional wormhole in their closet, which causes strange paranormal phenomena to happen. Uh, It's fun stuff. They have a telepathic dog um, and they constantly call their Canadian wormhole scientist ex-boyfriend to help them out of jams. Uh, It's a fun time. Uh, It's releasing weekly Uh, and you can find that on Instagram at wormholes.tv or on YouTube at Show Dogs NYC. You that have a me mouthful. a telepathic dog. Yeah, he's a cute one. It's actually our dog, um, and we have a voiceover. That was probably the most fun <laughs> to do. So I'm happy that I'm talking to somebody who also felt the need to be creative during lockdown, during quarantine. How long between the time that you first started staying home? Like how how what was that period of time? How long did it take you to realize like oh shit I should make something? It took us about a month and a half to two months for, for me, especially because, um, you know, obviously we were all getting used to the new virus overlord coronavirus. Um, but uh, well, my roommates and I also have a theater company, and that was what our, we were originally a theater company, not like filmmakers. And we were supposed to put up a play that I wrote, it was gonna be our first full length play, uh, in April. Um, and so as soon as we started having rehearsals, it was, I think, our second or third rehearsal. And we had to tell the cast that we had to postpone the show. Um, so I was really depressed uh, the first month or so. I mean, obviously, because selfishly because of my show. But um, 
also because I, I you know, I'm a massive hypochondriac also. So this, um, this catastrophe was horrible for me uh, because uh, I, my hypochondria went into overdrive. I became such a germaphobe and I would resign myself to my bed, <laughs> uh, depressed uh, about my life and the world and scared that we were all going to die. And yeah, totally understandable. Well, I feel like when when the pandemic first hit and and we all started staying home, the world looked like some shit was going down. Like we've had scares and we've had, you know, things like the swine flu and bird flu and mm-hmm. I, and I I don't think our view of the world immediately around us changed so dramatically during those scares. Do you know what I mean? Like you could look yeah. outside and go, holy shit, there are no cars out there. Holy shit. Gas is a dollar 90 a gallon. Holy shit. I cannot go. There's a line for the supermarket. Like there were so many immediately real consequences of it that, yeah, it, it, it scared me too. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know how I'm, I, I'm sure you've had a lot of conversations about this on your podcast. So I don't want to take up too much time about the pandemic, but there was now that you mentioned the swine flu and the bird flu. Like I remember those, those things. And you know, they were scary for like a second, but they were under control. And I remember when the news of, of COVID-19 started coming out, everyone was like, well, you know, we lived through the spine flu. We lived through the bird flu. And like everyone was so scared of that and it ended up being fine. Like we're going to be fine. Everyone chill out. <laughs> and it wasn't. Right. <laughs> it was not that. <laughs> what is it like over there right now in central Pennsylvania? It is. Huh. How would I describe that? Well, unfortunately, the concept of wearing a mask and doing everything that you need to do to, like, protect yourself and protect everybody around you mm-hmm. has become a big political issue. So people argue it and people, and people defy it. And you get these groups of people that go into, you know, like um, it was uh, some thrift store around here that decided to open in the middle of the lockdown. We're going to we're not going to let the governor tell us what to do. And everybody went in without their masks and we were, you know, shoulder to shoulder looking at like used clothes and, and shit like that happens around here. Mm. And like you hear about how you know, around the country, there are these little pockets of people that don't think this is real, that think it's a hoax, that think it's uh, some attempt at, like, mind control or some attempt at, like, controlling the population or or there's money involved. Or, this is one of those places. And it's oh, no. fucking insane. There is a kind of this sense of um, adjustment that's happened, which is kind of uh, – I don't know if it's sick, but it is kind of weird when you think about it. Like, if you asked me back in March that um, – if you told me back in March, then in about November, like this would just be a part of my day to day. Well, probably I'd cry, but um, right. <laughs> and then I, I probably wouldn't believe you. But we're all kind of adapting in this weird way that's great uh, for human nature. But oh yeah, well I think about this year, and one, I'm thankful that this disease hasn't affected me, hasn't mm-hmm. affected anyone around me. Um, two, I'm really thankful for. It was almost like a mandatory spiritual growth period. Mm. It was almost like everybody stay in your fucking house. Think about what you own. Think about who you live with. Be thankful for that shit and then come outside. Mm-hmm. And it just changes your entire it, – it, for me personally at least, it changed my entire outlook on, on, on my life as it was at that point. I was working in hospitality and I realized how, how tired I was getting of that and how it was really like beating me down. And I, I got laid off and I had this period where I went, holy shit, I feel so much better 
not working at this hotel. And then they called like in June because we went to green phase around here, like about mid June or so. And he mm-hmm. said, all right, we're ready to have you back. And I went, okay, thanks. Hung up the phone, had a panic attack, full oh, wow. panic attack. As soon as I hung up the phone and I realized that it's just not, it's not compatible anymore. It's just not going to fit. It's just not going to go. Wow. So you didn't go back. Never went back. Wow. Never went back. That's when I started working at a supermarket. That's, you... that's, that's where I went. To relax. I started working at a supermarket (laughs) during a pandemic. You know, that's like, I I really do think sometimes like it's the little things that that, that clear your mind and remind you of like what is, like what really matters in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, I'm not one, I don't. I don't, I don't fault you. I don't look down on you for that choice at all. Listen, it was, it was two things. One, it's simple. The way I describe it to my friends, this is like an animal crossing job. Like I go (laughs) and I weigh everyone's celery and then I leave. Like there's nothing else to think about. There are no deep interactions between me and customers and me and the people I work with. It's just simple as shit. And it's half the money, but it's twice the personal fulfillment because Mm -hmm. I get to go home and like, talk to people like you you know what i mean like i get to pursue this kind of thing which i I didn't have the energy to do that you know within the last like five years wow and and two it was a money move if 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 the shit hits the fan again i have a job yeah totally totally 100 percent. yeah yeah i mean i i also unfortunately lost my job um during the pandemic and kind of like you the way you were saying it i i I hate to say it but i do kind of I had kind of enjoyed that I left that job. Um, what were it, you doing? So I was working at a college um, that uh, the college that I went to. I guess I could say I went to Hunter College. Um, right. It's a CUNY school in New York, uh, like a public college. Um, and I went to that school. I studied theater, music, um, double major kind of thing. Uh, I was a performer primarily, and um, and then when I while my during my my last year of college, I got a job at one of the offices. Um, part time as like a college assistant, and then I just I stayed on after I graduated, and then I kept uh, transferring to um, offices with with just a little more responsibility and slightly more pay, which was cool. Um, so I was working there, and it was nice, but I wasn't necessarily happy. I would say um, doing what I was doing, I was trying to find something because it was like you know a assistant work, administrative assistant work. So not the most fulfilling, not the most creative for me, um, which was my goal and I, w- I was trying to do like you know like i said earlier i wrote a play and you know we have a theater company and trying to do that stuff which is not necessarily lu- lucrative um like on the side and it was just this weird balance of like trying to figure out like what am what am i doing why am i why am i working here or like why am i not like committing to like a better paying job i'm not committing to a better paying job because i want to follow my dreams but i can't really follow my dreams because i'm in the soul sucking job uh, that right. takes up all my energy and time. So when it all kind of came crashing down um, because of the pandemic and I lost that job, I mean, like I said, the only reason we made this this web series that we made is because we all lost our jobs. I mean, if we were work, still working from home, we wouldn't have the time to devote to, to writing 10 episodes, filming them, acting in them, you know, ourselves. Um, so in some ways it was a blessing in disguise. Obviously I'm not making like any money right now on unemployment, which sucks. Um, right. But I do feel in a weird way fulfilled. <laughs> I wake up every morning and I work on my, uh, you know, my, my web series. I promote my, my art and I, I write and I 
do a podcast and I do things like this and that, that's generally my day. I mean, of course I'm yeah. applying for jobs, which is, you know, a fool's errand at this point. Uh, but I, I'm not necessarily unhappy Right. I just need money. A... I just like money. I would just like some yeah. money. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Oh God, everyone loves money. I, I right now I'm making half the money that I was in my previous job. But again, yeah. the the actual like core happiness makes up for that. Like I realize yeah. that like we have we have everything we need. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're like we're more good than we ever realized. And and it took me being home to realize that. You're listening to Stranger Than Christian with me, Christian Carrion, on Radio Free Brooklyn. For more information, to hear dozens more episodes on demand, or to contact me, visit StrangerThanChristian.com. My episodes are also available on major podcast outlets like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, and Amazon Music. You can also find me on Facebook at Stranger Than Christian and on Twitter at Stranger Than C. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, then I kindly ask that you consider supporting me on Patreon. That can be found at patreon.com slash strangerthanchristian. What is your sign, Christian? If you don't mind me asking, do you know what, like, your sun, moon, and rising? No, I don't. What? I was born on May 9th. I know that I'm a Taurus. That's oh, all cool. I know. Nice. We'd have to do some research to figure out the rest, but Tauruses are cool. I like Tauruses. I'm a Sagittarius. It's my sun sign. And what is a Sagittarius known for? Like, what type of personal quality would you find in a Sagittarius? Um, They're usually, well, it's a fire sign, so it's pretty, like, fiery people, Uh, pretty gregarious, Uh, which I think I, I can be, you know. This is a very mellow show, though, so I'm enjoying that. And chilling out with you. Uh, but I'm also, uh, Sagittarius are also like kind of like you're what they would say, like maybe strong leaders, maybe. Um, yeah, mostly uh, people say like the life of the party, very okay. gregarious, very electric, very charming, which, you know, I'll take it. Hey. Yeah. Of course. All right. Well, wait. All right. So let's do this. Let's take them one at a time. So you already mm-hmm. mentioned that a Sagittarius is known for being gregarious, and yeah. you think you can be that. Yeah. Do you think you're a good leader? Do you think you're a strong leader? I think so. Yeah. I think there have been lots of times in the past, especially in college, when I went to a, like I said, I went to a public college uh, majoring in theater, and there just weren't many resources there. So I, uh, my friends and I had to kind of take the initiative and uh, create our own stuff. Uh, so most of the stuff that we did in college were most of the shows. I mean, that we did in college were shows of our own creation or shows that we sought out the rights to and put up ourselves without much faculty uh, help. Um, and one of the things we even did was we made a sketch comedy show there that I was uh, the head writer of at a ripe young age of twenty one. <laughs> uh, that was really fun, and I felt that was the first thing I really felt like, oh, I, I, I led this thing, and I feel like I can lead this, I can sail this ship, and it was very fulfilling because I love. That's comedy. a great feeling, especially to have also. that feeling at the age of twenty one. Like yeah. that's really young, and I feel like a lot of people are still at that point where they don't really know themselves yet, or at least know themselves enough to, to 
make that determination about themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You love comedy. I do. What kind of comedy do you like? My wife went to UCB for a couple years. She's really? Like, she's she's trained. Yeah, she she hasn't been back in a while, and I, of course it's closed now. But yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, deep. she wanted to go back for a long time. I know, man. R.I.P. <laughs> I, I I took the sketch classes at UCB, so I've I've done the entire sketch. I I uh, I qualify for the advanced study. Uh, oops, too bad. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's awesome that you qualify, but yeah. something has to come and take the place of that. Yeah, they I'm can't, sure they you know. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure it'll eyes. be it'll be a, right, and I'm sure it it'll be a while um, because of everything going on in the world. But comedy can't just die in New York like that. Like that's not going to happen. No, 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 absolutely not. No, but uh, yeah, my my uh, my focus usually is is on sketch comedy. That's the kind of stuff I do. I I grew up on SNL and Mad TV and uh, all that when I was a kid, which I love. That was probably my first exposure to sketch comedy, and I really wanted to find more things like that. And I just kept writing that and and performing that and doing little character voices and writing short skits, sketches, sketches. People will kill me for calling them skits. Oh, oh my wife would have killed oh, me too. My, my wife would have killed me. She said, "It's called the sketch." I know, <laughs> but I also I have dabbled in stand up recently, uh, which is fun as well, although very nerve wracking. And I probably would never do improv unless I was forced to. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I've never, I've never tried improv. My feeling, my initial feeling about it is that I would be okay at it because mm-hmm. something about my personality like thrives in front of people. Like when I'm in, I, I and I say this at like every job that I work at, if ever mm-hmm. you need to like make an announcement to like a thousand people mm-hmm. or like the manager needs to make a speech to like all the stockholders and he's like really nervous. I can, I can stand in front of a hundred thousand people and speak. I do not get nervous for whatever reason. I just I I just do better when I'm in front of people. So I feel like that would come in handy if I were to ever if I were to ever try improv. Um, but I haven't tried it yet. I would. I totally would. It's scary. I think it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's totally scary. It's totally scary. But that's when having a supportive environment and 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 being in a supportive environment comes totally. into play. Totally. Yeah. All that is such a cool show. Is is such a cool introduction into sketch comedy yeah because that's the only show i feel like you're not like you're younger than me but we're more or less the same age yeah I'm, that I'm was 25. the only sh- right 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 and i'm 31 like that was the only show at that time on tv where there were people my age mm-hmm. doing what like adults on snl did like they were like creating really genuinely funny sketch comedy yeah and, and looking back, a lot of those sketches—I mean, some of those, some of those sketches still hold up pretty well, actually. Oh yeah. Oh, of course they do. Absolutely, vital information holds up oh, so well. What a great sketch! Right? It's Lord. just like actually, it's just so funny. It's uh, just like actually funny. That's yeah. the only way I can describe it. It's like genuinely hilarious. My favorite was uh, Lori Beth Denberg. Although uh, we love Danny Tamborelli, but uh, Lori Beth was she mastered that that uh, segment. Lori Beth was OG. Lori what? Beth was 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 awesome she was my favorite yeah she was actually she was a lot older than all of them i found out she was like i think in her late teens maybe even early 20s when she was on that show which you would never think 
She added me on Facebook the other day. <gasps> oh my god, what? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, she's still, what? yeah, she's like still around. I think she's starting a podcast herself oh. where she like gives advice. Oh if my I'm god, mistaken. tell her I said hello and then I'm a big fan. And I, I will, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely tell her. I, I, I don't know her, know her, Yeah. but I, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll shout something out because yeah, I, I want to, I, I, I try to get some cross promotion going, but she hasn't responded. <laughs> I don't know, maybe one day. All right, Beth, what are you doing? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of this of the celebrities that have followed me on Twitter and added me on Facebook. It's not many. Fran Drescher from the Nanny follows me on Face on Twitter rather. Wow. That I feel like that's a is... I feel like that's a good one. Wow. Let me tell you, I my family, uh so I, I grew up with the mom my mom's the mom's side of my family. Um mm-hmm. uh, and we one of the we didn't really have the uh, we didn't get along always. <laughs> but um we one of the things that uh, brought us together was that we would watch the nanny when it was on TV, and it was the one one of the only times when we were all like chill together. It was when we were watching certain TV shows like American Idol, Monk, and the Nanny. Monk, um, Monk, remember that show? Tony Shalhoub, a famous, yeah. uh, famous Arab actor. So I'm also half Arab. Got to represent. Um, Absolutely. But um, we would watch these shows, and, and the nanny was one of them. So I am a big fan of Fran Drescher. Um, so you are a lucky, lucky man. Oh, listen, she's awesome. She's overcome cancer. She's yeah. overcome all kinds of horrible things. And she's like, she's still awesome. I'm still hilarious. Like, I, I think I watched a video of her from not too long ago and she was like a firecracker. Like just, oh yeah. Oh, so funny. <laughs> oh yeah. She's super sharp. And she got so much shit for like her laugh and like her voice. <laughs> and I think her voice is phenomenal. I love the way Fran Drescher speaks. Mama, she has a, like a Long Island. Yeah, she has a Long Island accent. Like my wife has a Long Island accent, <laughs> and and my my wife's voice is a little more is a little more husky. You know what I mean? So she has a, like a like a little bit of a deeper voice, mm-hmm. but she has the accent. I love that accent. I feel like it, I I love it. I mean, yeah, I I grew up in New York, so uh, anytime I hear a New York accent, even if it's thick, it, it does feel like home. Honestly, so it doesn't really bother yeah. me. Absolutely. So you lived in New York your entire life? Yeah, I, I grew up in Queens. Wow. Yeah, my dad grew up in Queens years and years ago. But yeah, my dad is from Queens. Oh, and my nice. mom. My mom's side of the family is from the Bronx. Oh, nice. You, you're like, yeah, New York. yeah, yeah. Were you were you in New York at all before? I was not. My oh, wow. my parents got married in '88, moved to New Haven, Connecticut. Oh wow, beautiful. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I love it over there, and uh, and that's where I was born. So I, I lived there for most of my life. Then I met my wife, and we moved here. Oh nice. Um, because she was living she was living in Pennsylvania, and I was living in Connecticut. Oh. Um, and we met on Facebook, which is a long story. Wow, that just doesn't happen anymore. I feel meeting I on know, Facebook. I oh, I wish. I told her the I told her before her the coolest thing I ever got online was a Star Wars toaster. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> love at first message. Love at yeah, exactly. first poke. Oop. She added listen, she added me on Facebook on my birthday in wow. 2012. So the first thing she ever said to me was happy birthday. So she initiated. She wow. she initiated. Wow. Well, what happened was I was yeah, yeah, totally. I was um I was working at the campus radio station. I went to Southern Connecticut State mm-hmm. in New Haven and I was working at the campus radio station. I was doing a fundraiser and I was in the newspaper for it. So they took my picture and I put it on Facebook and I tagged myself. We had one mutual friend. And from that mutual friend, she saw my picture and said, "Cut me off a slice of that and Woo! added me." 
What? Wow, I want that confidence. I want that confidence. Oh, listen, she is, she's awesome. She won't tell you how confident she is. She, she likes to think she's shy, but like when she's in the moment, I saw her perform improv once in Connecticut mm-hmm. and I was so fascinated to see her because this is a part of her world that she talked about all the time that I never really got to experience because mm-hmm. uh, she wasn't going to UCB when we met, you know, she moved with me to Connecticut and uh, she just never really got to go back. So she joined a team in Connecticut and I watched her perform and I, it was just so incredible. She is so smart and so quick like i i just i just could not believe it and it was it was like seeing a new person wow yeah that's awesome i wish now now people just slide into the dm and send you dick pics or whatever i've been trying to i've been playing around with the idea of online dating during the pandemic which is um weird i have a friend who's also a very confident woman like your like your wife is and I, I let me just, shout out Melinda. I don't know. I won't say her last name, but she's the most confident person I know. And she started dating during this pandemic, and she was like, "Yeah, you just do it, and you you go on the apps, and you stake your claim, and you speak your mind, and you say, uh, you know, you make sure are you being tested, are you being safe? Like, all right, let's go." She's been seeing so many people safely, of course. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even know where to start with people. What about that type of interaction? Do you feel prevents you from getting in there? Like what? Like what makes you nervous about that? Well, right now, especially because of the virus. But um, well, right, yeah. Other than like, but the... I, I do think there is like a, a a forwardness that I feel like I I'm I I feel like I just can't I can't have for some reason. I don't know. Like she just flat out speaks her na- mind, speaks her mind to strangers, and if she um find someone up at the club that she's interested in she just says hey you like i'm interested and i feel like i could not do i mean i also feel like i that comes from uh growing up and not feeling like i was uh you know pretty or worthwhile as a as a guy i mean also um spoiler alert i'm gay so uh, there was a some things what can you imagine How'd you know? My podcast called Pod Queens didn't give it away. Uh, I love it. I love um, it. You know, there was also that, like, I, I just, I wasn't really dating. Although I did date a few people in high school that were uh, girls. Can you imagine? Um, but I was still, like, not sure who I was. So I feel like I didn't have the the time to, like, try shit out. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like, try out relationship stuff, like, when they're in high school. And I didn't even know who I was or like what I liked then because I couldn't even like come to terms with my own sexuality until, um, until uh, college really. Um, Well, they say it happens in college for a lot of people where they have this awakening and they realize at least from a sexual standpoint, like who they are. Because there are no parents in college. That's right. (laughs) They're not around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of how it went down i went to a toga party no that's a lie how did it go down how did it happen uh, it how did you how did you realize this about yourself i never get to ask this it was just a slow it was it's um it's totally uninteresting i'm so sorry um no it, it's sorry. interesting to me I, I swear there are like some people i've heard had these like really exciting stories it was no it's just a thing where i realized like i i went to college uh, in the city. And it was my first time going to public school because I went to Catholic school my entire life. Um, and, 
you know, I went to this school in the city and and everyone was themselves. And I saw like queer people being like unapologetically queer. Um, and I was like, wait, no one's, no one's like saying anything. Like everyone's like, okay with it. Like that's crazy that you can just be yourself and everyone's okay with it. That's wild. Um, and then it was just kind of like a slow thing. Well, okay, maybe like I don't fully know who I am. Like maybe I'd like to be, um, to feel like that, to feel proud in a way of who I am and explore who I am. And I, I did feel like there was this secret that I had, you know, you kind of know growing up that you're, you're a little different and you don't have the, you don't have the terminology for it. You just know like, Oh, like that, that boy makes me feel a certain way or whatever. Sure. Um, and you know, you, you get that feeling and then you're like, well, you know, maybe I just really want to be his friend or something. Uh, maybe I want to be like him. You know, he's like, I idolize that guy. And so, and then when you obviously start going through puberty, then you have like the questions like, wait, wait a second. I'm, I'm feeling like a little weird. Uh, and then when I got to college, I, I, when I realized and I could see all these people being happy in themselves, then I went back in my memory and thought about all the times, like I shamed myself for thinking those things. And then I realized like, Oh, like, wait, like I've been feeling this way for like a really long time. And I've just been like suppressing it or like questioning myself or like push, pushing it away. Um, and like, maybe I actually just need to figure out who I am because I don't know who that is. And so I, ooh, unfortunately I did, I broke up with my girlfriend that I had from high school into college. Um, and I was like, I just, I, I need to figure some stuff out. I didn't really tell her actually immediately. Uh, what uh, what had happened because I didn't know uh, for the most part. I thought like maybe I'm like questioning my sexuality. Maybe I'm like fluid. Maybe I'm like uh, a bi or pan or something. And you know, I um, we broke up and we stopped talking to each other because it was hard. And then I just started hanging around with more queer people and exploring like that identity. Really, I, the identity came before any of the sex. Actually, I. I explored the identity portion of it before I even started dating, which was right. weird. But I like I like that now. I appreciate that because I didn't like. Uh, I learned a lot more before I like went into dating other guys and and right. any kind of intimate relationships like that. And I feel like no matter what your sexuality, a lot of people look back on their relationships and wish they had learned more. Yeah. On that side of things rather than just like jump into the like into the physical or into the intimate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I I think about a lot of a lot of the relationships I had, I mean, throughout my life. And I, I wish that I had learned a little bit of emotional intelligence earlier on. I feel like the later the, like the later levels would have been a little easier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, yeah. And that's also just like. When you grow up, you just learn more things, and maybe you have to just be an idiot for a little bit before you, um, before you oh, become yeah. an adult. And that's fine. That's just the way it is. And you know, you got to touch your stove to see if it's hot, right? Exactly. And God knows, I did a lot of stupid shit <laughs> growing up, uh, and I still do stupid shit. See, you say shit like that, and it makes me want to ask, like, what's stupid? Like, tell me one, one yeah. quick example of a stupid thing you did. Well, there was this, this person I was interested in and I had no idea how to talk to him. I wasn't even sure if he was like queer at all. And uh, I remember the one time I actually told him how I felt after being friends with him for, oh God, months. I got pissed drunk with him and I was a hot mess. Like 
oh god oh this is so embarrassing like vomiting all over the streets in manhattan like having to pee on the subway platform and, and have him like make sure that i was uh, doing it right and <laughs> not getting messed right the whole, like the whole uh, thing and then immediately yep. afterwards after i was like a, a, a goddamn hot mess i was like do you love me <laughs> Oh. Uh, which is not something I would oh. necessarily do. Uh, I would probably also learn to hold my liquor better. I hope I've learned to hold my liquor better since then. Uh, I haven't I haven't peed on a subway train since. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what did he say though? What did he say? He said I'd rather just be friends. <laughs> oh. Which you know, uh, I can't. You know what? I, appla- <laughs> I I applaud you for going there. I applaud you oh, for getting to so that much. point. Thank you so much. Oh my god! Of course, that's yeah. a sweet story. I, I, fun, I think right? it's sweet. Yes. Yeah, I think it's sweet. Absolutely. Sometimes you just gotta piss on the MTA and tell someone you love them. <laughs> You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. If you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. And please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. I can relate to your 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 feelings about yourself that you had described earlier. How is sometimes, I mean, even now with me in a marriage, sometimes it, it's difficult for me to look at myself and go, "Yeah, this is this is what she wanted. This is what she signed up for." Oh God, that's those thoughts are like paralyzing sometimes. How long have you guys been married? If you don't mind me asking, it'll be four years on March twenty fifth. Ah, congratulations! Yeah, thank you. It goes by fast. It goes by unbelievably fast. And everybody says like, oh, it's going it, to, it'll, it'll fly by. The time just flies by. And you go, ha, ha, yeah. And then like four years go by. It's fun. Being married is fun. Right. But I think that really depends on who you're with. Like it, it, it has the potential to not be fun if you're with somebody who's not fun. But this marriage is like fun as shit. That's cool. Yeah, actually, my roommates are married. Uh, Conrado and Sasha, they're a married couple. But we, uh, you know, New York City is expensive. And we're already... Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we hell yeah. Together. Uh... So on the subject of New York City, yeah. and I don't mean to, I don't mean to switch gears Absolutely so switch gears. drastically. <clears throat> um, I'm going to tell you why I've been thinking about September 11th a lot lately. It's oh, a really quick story. Yeah, no. Oh, I have lots to say. Yes, go ahead. Okay. So in 2002, mm-hmm. my dad... Um, who, like I explained, is a native New Yorker. Um, my dad painted a mural on this old storefront that was like a block away from the house that we lived at in in West Haven, Connecticut Mm -hmm. at that time. And it was a huge Twin Towers flag 
you know, like NYPD fire department logos on there. God bless America. It became this like, it became like a landmark in our hometown. Mm. And about a week ago, there was uh, some sort of disagreement on the next block over, like in front of the Dunkin' Donuts there. Where, like this guy told another guy to fuck off and walked away. Mm. The guy followed him down the street came behind him, bam, bam, stabbed him in the <gasps> neck, both sides, and he died in front of my dad's painting. Oh, my God. And so the following couple of days, my dad's mural got completely vandalized. Like, they, like they, you know, uh, they spray-painted the guy's name, like, all over it, and, and, and they really, like, they really fucked it up. Mm-hmm. And I heard about it this week, and I wanted to start a GoFundMe for my dad so he could, like, maybe get out there and, and paint. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's not who he was 20 years ago. Like, he's 20 years older, and maybe a little bit of motivation might help him. But before I could do that, I found out, like, 30 people from West Haven got together to, like, restore the mural to what it was. And they just finished today, and I saw pictures of it, and it was absolutely incredible. So I've been thinking about September 11th a lot. I've been thinking about September 11th a lot lately. Mm -hmm. And I am interested to know the point of view of somebody of 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 muslim heritage at least at least a percentage who lived in new york around that time and i'm sure you were young yeah but i'm also sure that it had an effect on you because i was young during september 11th too i only lived an hour away from new york god are you in for a story you ready for it uh i hope my family doesn't listen to this podcast (laughs) um so uh yes you know my my dad's egyptian he's muslim uh and my mom is a white italian american um and they got divorced when i was young uh, and so I, 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 um, I see them, I've seen them both, but I, I lived with my mother and, and her, uh, her mom, my grandma and her brother, my uncle, and uh, my uncle worked in the world trade center. Uh, and he, he escaped the building on nine 11. Um, so he's still alive. He's fine. Um, but so th- that was really interesting. Cause he's, um, Ooh, what's a nice way to say this? He's a bit of a prejudiced guy, uh, which is a nice way of saying he's a little he's a little racist. Uh, and being in the World Trade Center, especially on 9-11, and escaping it, uh, knowing what had happened, and that it was a bunch of uh, Muslim Middle Eastern people who perpetrated the attack, he he has a lot of feelings about uh, Arab Americans and Arab people, Muslim people in general, uh, of which. Obviously, I am, and my whole half of my family is. So there was this idea of I knew, like, that I recognized the types of names that were on the TV when I, I was in the second grade when nine eleven happened. So I was like, what, I, what, "How old are you when you're in the second grade?" Like, uh, like, like, like six, seven, six or seven. seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I was pretty young, but I remember, like, you know, seeing seeing the, the things on the TV and you know watching you know my family used to watch fox news so like all the islamophobic propaganda um there and 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 like i said i'd recognize the names because i i've heard those names before kind of and i have an arabic name um and i felt like weird and specifically for me as a young kid i felt so scared because i would go to school and there'd be no, I went, like I said, I went to Catholic school. They were, they were, I was the only Middle Eastern person in my class. And it was one of those things where the class is so small in this school that like each, each year you're just with the same kids over and over again. So 
and and these kids, some of them, you know, they were scared and they were just parroting the things they heard on the news and parroting the things that their parents said and sometimes hateful things about Middle Eastern people, about, you know, people of my heritage. And so I, I really did uh, try to hide uh, my ethnicity from people if I could. How so? Well, you know, I, I never talked about it. Um, and I'm pretty light skinned, so I, uh, I I do pass quite easily, um, uh, for the most part. And the, a lot of the kids, especially, were were um, you know they were kids, so they weren't smart enough to realize that my name was entirely foreign and in Arabic. <laughs> um, right. So my teachers, I think, realized that I was uh, Middle Eastern for my name, and, and they did this thing that I, I like to say that white people love to do. Where they um, they go around the classroom and they say, "Well, what what's your heritage? Like, where are you? What's your heritage?" And everyone's like, "I'm Irish. I'm English. I'm Scottish. I'm Italian." It was just repeating the same like four things over and over again. And so I, whenever they got to me, I would just freeze up because I'd be so scared. Um, and I'd be like, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm, my mom's Italian, so I'm Italian." And they were like, "Okay, well, well, well what? Are you just Italian?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah sure." And like my teachers would grill me. I don't know why. It seems a little sick, actually. Now that I think about it, um, they, they would. Well, like the fact that they would try to like press it out of you. They really would. Like they would. They would hold on to me for like an uncomfortable amount of time. And it wasn't. I. I, I never said anything um, about it um, because I was just so scared. And then I would go home and hear my my uncle. Who, uh, um, say racist things also about middle eastern people so i feel like I, I felt like i really didn't have that safe space to be comfortable and happy embracing who i was and i could only kind of do that when i saw my dad and his family but even then like the damage was done that even when i saw them like i was kind of embarrassed and i was like ashamed and i was like oh god i hope no one like finds out or something which is horrible i i regret that now and now i'm so proud uh of my heritage and my background um, but at the time I was so scared and so worried and it wasn't until I was in the eighth grade that I started telling my peers, uh, that I was, uh, Egyptian. Uh, and it was almost like coming out to be quite honest and at the time, by that time that was, uh, I was in the eighth grade in the year 2008. So seven years had passed, give or take, uh, and at that point when I said, oh, yeah, I'm Egyptian, everyone was like, oh, cool. Like the pyramids? Like that's so cool. Like, whoa. Right. It, it, right. It was a cool thing to be because enough time had passed. Yeah. 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 But yeah. seven years earlier, it was not a cool thing to be. It was very scary. So, it, you know, I think I have a very specific experience because I'm, I'm mixed um, than someone who, who, who is like fully Arab. Um, and I also wasn't a practicing Muslim, which I think helped. Hey, Gamal, this was really a pleasure talking to you. Tell me about the podcast and your web series one more time. Will do. Thank you so much for having me, Christian. My pleasure. Um, the podcast is called Pod Queens, spelled P-O-D-K-W-E-E-N-S. Uh, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. Uh, and the web series is called Wormholes, Wormholes. Uh, and you can follow us on Instagram for new episodes at wormholes.tv, or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Show Dogs NYC. And new episodes come out every Wednesday. And right now, the first of five episodes are out, so you can catch up. 
Beautiful. And just so everyone listening is aware, Wormholes is the one with the teleporting dog. It, Do not listen to Pod Queens and expect a teleporting dog. You will be disappointed. Yes, unfortunately, only one of those has the dog. Well, maybe we'll increase the budget. We can get a tele. Maybe we'll all have teleporting dogs on the Apocalypse Please. Podcast. Investors, <laughs> are you listening? Fran Drescher, are you listening? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Please retweet. Money <laughs> <laughs> our way. You want to be our angel investor? I'm telling you. Cabal, thank you so much for talking to me. This was really a lot of fun. I, I, I hope uh, being part of this was as enjoyable as, as listening to it, and I, I hope this was a positive experience for you. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Christian. Absolutely. Stay safe. Have a good night. You. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Stranger Than Christian is produced by me, Christian Carrion, from my studio in beautiful Lancaster City, Pennsylvania. Visit StrangerThanChristian.com for more information, to contact me, or to hear dozens of additional episodes on demand. Also, find the show on your favorite major podcast platform, on Facebook at Stranger Than Christian, and on Twitter at Stranger Than C. If you enjoyed the show, I kindly ask that you support me on Patreon. To do that, go to patreon.com slash strangerthanchristian. Until next week, my name is Christian Carrion. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stranger Than Christian on Radio Free Brooklyn. Good night. Stranger Than Christian is sponsored by The Wash Vintage, clothing and accessories at unbelievable prices. Rare, unique, and fashionable merchandise with new stock added each and every week. Visit thewashvintage.com. Use the promo code STRANGER and receive 10% off your first order. That's promo code STRANGER for 10% off your first order at thewashvintage.com. The Wash. Vintage for the masses. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. The Ecuadorian Film Festival in New York is proud to announce its sixth season. Running from December 1st through 6th, this year's festival will be offered online only and is available to viewers across the U.S. and Ecuador on EFFNY.org. Three documentaries and two feature films will be competing for the Best Film Award Jury Prize. The Ecuadorian Film Festival attracts its audience both from the Ecuadorian communities in the tri-state area and film fans with an interest in Ecuadorian culture. The festival offers high-quality films that provide a diverse outlook on this fascinating country little known in the U.S. To watch this year's films, please go to EFFNY.org. Let's teach people something super quick. Every year, uh, more people die from getting hit on the head with coconuts than they do from shark attacks. (laughs) 
<laughs> like dead dead? It's not that many because like only like one or two people I think die from shark attacks every year. The low teens for the coconuts. Coconuts are hard. Teach, Teach me something, something good. good. Now on your local favorite podcast thing. <laughs> yeah, all podcast things. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to apocalypsepodcastnetwork.com.